Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle. I'm your host, Rob Cressy. And joining me today is Anmal Malhotra, Head of Sports Partnerships at Snap. Anmal, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Rob. Really appreciate it. Can you give a quick overview on who you are and what you do? Sure. So uh, I've been at Snap now for a little over five years, um, joined in October of 2015. Um, my current role is overseas sports partnerships globally. And what that means is any league broadcaster, rights holder, team or athlete um, that wants to come on Snap and reach a young audience comes through our team. Uh, over the years that it started with content relationships, um, as you may recall, back in the early days, we used to geofence stadiums and curate these really fun live stories where users could actually snap in. Um, and that was really fun, crowdsource, UGC, multi-perspective format. Over time, we've given our partners tools like shows and publisher stories to actually create content on Snapchat. Um, and I'd say more recently, uh, which has been really exciting, we've expanded our sports relationships to include all of our camera marketing capabilities. Um, so really fun AR innovation with lenses and filters uh, to further amplify their message across Snap. And that's actually a great segue because the reason we even connected in the first place is on LinkedIn. I saw something that you posted around the Masters and it was an AR experience. And I'm someone who's a big sports fan and I love the Masters. And I clicked on it and there's that beautiful sound that you hear on CBS when you're coming up Magnolia Lane and, <laughs> and Jim Nance is like, hello, friends. And then yeah. ding, ding, ding. And all of a sudden you took us into that experience. So can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, so we've been working with Augusta National Man for, for over four years as well. Um, and it's one of our, our favorite and most unique relationships because I think the normal person and the casual fan wouldn't expect Snapchat to have a relationship with Augusta National and vice versa, um, given the different nature of, of both of us. And, and I think what's very interesting about that is that, you know, Augusta has this tradition and, and excellence over such a long period of time Um and we are, you know, the new up and coming platform to reach young people. So there's a natural marriage there of us helping each other. Um, and the experience that you're referring to rather we did this year was probably one of our most innovative uh, creative compilations we've ever done, not just in sports, but just broadly across the platform. Um, and what you could do is take any master's logo on a cup, on a hat, on a shirt, on a poster, anywhere you were, take out your Snapchat camera, uh, scan that logo, and you can unlock this amazing experience for your driving down Magnolia Lane uh, with that iconic master's music in the background. Um, and especially now when, you know, we're living in a world where people can't attend sporting events in person, and in some cases can't even sit next to their friends or family uh, and watch sporting events on TV. Um, we really want to work with the Gusta to bring, you know, the experience, what it felt like to be there um, to everyone watching at home. So it was a really, really fun one. Um, it was, it was super unique. And again, one of those experiences where you actually felt like you were there. So it was fun and awesome and unique, but let's talk about the value of it. So you can create these amazing things, but it also takes two parties to understand one, you guys can deliver it, but two, Augusta has to say, wait a second, this is something that we want to create and it's valuable. So talk a little bit more about the value of some of these experiences from a fan engagement side of things. Definitely. So we did, we actually did three things with them this year. Um, you know, the, the first was this, this AR experience that I mentioned where we call it marker tech, where you can, you can take out the phone, scan a logo and then connect the physical and digital. 
in a really fun way. So I would put that bucket in pure innovation Easter egg, right? So we want to surprise and delight our users and say, hey, go and find a master's logo. Um, it's, it's again, as you said, super innovative. Um, and it's something that actually drives people to go do something. Uh, the other two that we did, we did, a, we did a selfie lens where you're wearing the iconic master's bucket hat um, and uh, you're wearing sunglasses and the reflection of the sunglasses uh, uh, is, is very famous Eamon Corner. So uh, that was a really cool selfie experience um, that was shown to Snapchatters nationally on Sunday, um, regionally on, on, on Friday and Saturday and reached millions and millions of people, again, engaging with their brand. So I think that's the, the direct value from a, from a brand standpoint for Augusta. The third thing that we did, um, which might actually be the most unique part of our relationship, is we curated um, a story on site there where um, we get UGC from, from our editorial folks uh, on the grounds and curating Snap. So what I mentioned to you earlier about how we used to do this in stadiums where we can geofence a stadium and usually there's a ton of fans snapping. Um, Augusta is unique as you're likely aware, they don't allow phones in the course. So uh, we are one of the very few partners that can allow, bring our phones in the course and actually get content for our story. So the third one was a content play, um, especially again this year where there's no patrons there um, and you know no ability for anyone to, to, to see anything outside of what's on broadcast. We were there on site um, taking, taking snaps and curating a really fun, cool story in partnership with Augusta National. So I think that's the value of providing, right? The audience that Augusta is getting from Snapchat um, is extremely unique and probably not something that they're getting from other media properties or other of their own properties um, across digital or social or anywhere else. So that, that's the, the value add. And I think, again, from an innovation standpoint, um, when we think about golf, when we think about the NFL, when we think about the NBA or really any sport, um, the goal is to grow your brand and make sure that you have highly engaged young people who continue to follow your brand and hopefully convert from casual to hardcore fans. Um, and you do that by, you know, attracting the Snapchat audience. And uh, th that's where the young people are today, right? They're on Snap every single day. So uh, that's kind of the overall longer term play, um, making golf more relatable to, to young people. And to me, that is such a huge opportunity for golf because I've talked about it numerous times on podcasts where golf was one of the biggest winners of the pandemic, because what is the things that you can do with very few people where you're out in the open living yeah. in Chicago, I was going golfing in Indiana or an hour away because there's no one near you. And for the longest time, I've been a golfer my whole life, but I, I didn't do it for three years when I lived in Chicago. Why? I didn't own a car. It took five plus hours to do. And when you live <laughs> in the city, you live in New York. There are so many things awesome. that are competing for yeah. your attention in terms of going golfing. But all of a sudden now you're like, well, I do have six hours to dedicate to do whatever I want and be open. And golf is one of the few things that you could also bet on. So when we were looking at sports, golf was one of the things they're like, wait, this is actually a thing right now. And I remember the uh, Tiger and Phil matchup that we had that was just so cool in the moment right there. So golf had been seen as a very um, Buick brand is maybe the way that I would say it. It yeah. was old. It was regressive. It wasn't sexy. It was very niche. The demographic is probably 40 plus, if not 50 plus. And now all of a sudden, 
there's this huge opportunity for land grab to make it fun, to make it accessible, to make it something that people watch and engage with. And I'm curious your thoughts on this because I love how you transitioned into the demographic because you wouldn't think the Snapchat audience is something that would appeal to who Augusta traditionally markets to. Yeah, definitely. And just to pick back on your point, I was reading something the other day about just golf, generally speaking, right? Like Callaway sales are up like 50%. You know, the amount of golf uh, uh, rounds played is up like double or triple. So it is the perfect kind of quarantine sport to your point. And then again, I got to give a huge, huge props to our partners at Augusta National. Um, you know, they're very forward thinking and their digital team is is second to none in terms of, I don't know if you use their app at all during the Masters, but it's one of the, the best, if not the best app experiences to follow um, what's going on in, during the rounds. So um, yeah, you, you wouldn't necessarily think that, but that's why I believe it's extremely smart and strategic um, for us to collaborate, right? Because they also help us in terms of building our sports prop profile, um, understanding the value that we can bring to sports partners, and with a partner like that, who, to your point, you know, historically people view golf as this older sport. Um, there's another element to it. Right. And there's a lot of young golfers in the game right now. Right. A lot of folks that are on snap, uh, Ricky, Jordan, Justin, all those folks are on, on snap all the time. So um, there's a there's a natural kind of synergy there. And I think, you know, we can hopefully be that bridge to to bring a whole new set of fans um, to that environment. So let's dig a little bit deeper into that in building the Snapchat sports profile, because I think for a lot of people out there, they don't necessarily think, oh, Snapchat and sports and put it together right there, which is why when the master's thing popped up in my feed, I was like, oh, this is unique and interesting. So talk to me a little bit more about the evolution and growth for Snapchat in the sports vertical. Yeah, you know, it's it's a great question. Um we, and I'll describe it in a couple of phases, right? And I sort of alluded to it in my intro. When we started um, back in 2015, 2016, we simply wanted to get the biggest events on the platform. Super Bowl, March Madness, Olympics, World Cup, um, NBA Finals, and so on. And our goal was very simply from a top-down standpoint, let's get some sort of content around these events on Snap to drive that top of funnel people to come in. Uh, and what that meant uh, was simply doing a deal with those leagues or broadcasters or rights holders um, to get their marks and their IP for us to use on Snapchat. So we curated one of those live stories. Um, we could lead with the actual official marks and logos. Uh, the NBA could help us get content from their people on the ground. And we could, you know, the way I always describe it is that if we, get, if we covered a, a Knicks-Lakers game without an NBA partnership, um, the story would say basketball game in December, uh, team yellow versus team white, and we couldn't use any marks, right? It'd feel very unofficial. Whereas when we work with these guys, it allows us to actually uh, tell the narrative in a much better way. So that was really our initial goal. It was really simple. Um, once we started doing that, we realized that, you know, there's so much happening around the game and it's not just about the game itself. All the shoulder content is in many ways more compelling. And when you think about our audience, young people, um, unlike you and I, who probably can still sit for three or four hours on a couch and watch full games, um, the average 15 year old girl or boy is not doing that anymore. So how do you keep their attention span high, um, in a world where they have, you know, their remote control is their, their iPhone. Uh, they can, they can hop on any app and jump in and out whenever they want. Um, so how do you keep that attention span for someone like us? So, you know, as you mentioned before, 
we started piloting shorter form made for mobile vertical content um, and really thinking about ways that to create high energy, highly engaging, fun, relatable content. Uh, you know, the goal for, for me, uh, thinking about our sports strategy on Snap, is not to attract Rob and Anmol. We are hardcore sports fans. We already have us. It's to, it's to pique the curiosity of the casual fan. How do we get someone who doesn't know who LeBron James is, who doesn't know who Tom Brady is, to click into one of those tiles and develop that fandom over time? That's really our goal. Um, so as we expanded early on from just being event-based, you know, we realized there's like, you know, NBA is a great example starting last night. The NBA has become a 12-month league. Right. And in many cases, the offseason is, is and sometimes almost as compelling as the regular season, given how many moves there are. Um, there's so many storylines happening off the court. So then we gave our partners the ability to produce shows on Snap. Um, and uh, use the NFL as another example on off days. Right. For, so for the NFL during a normal season, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, they were producing a show. And they love that because, you know, on game days, it's, it's pretty straightforward. At the same time, it's limiting, right? You can only talk about what's happening in those games. On the off days, you can talk about everything else. Fantasy recaps, analysis, what's happening in the league. Um, and again, attract people that may not necessarily care about just what's happening on the field. Um, and now give them a portal to our extremely young, diverse, engaged audience. So that was really phase two, bringing in our partner tools. And to really scale our business, we realized that we couldn't be curating all these stories um, for all these events that just wasn't doable. The only way we could actually do it is utilize our partners to actually to create content on Snapchat. So um, NFL and NBA are a great example of the US, ESPN Sports Center um, has grown substantially over, over the past couple of years. And I love that example too, because you and I will know Sports Center has this extremely well-established IP. I remember coming home from school and wanting to make the six o'clock show. Um, that's VP and Stuart Scott. Uh, again, for young people, that's just not how they operate. And we, a huge shout out to ESPN. We were able to collaborate with ESPN and recreate and reimagine Sports Center on Snapchat, right? It's not a host with a suit and tie. It's a host wearing a t-shirt and jeans. Uh, it's not a 30 minute show. It's a three to five minute show. It's not just highlights. It's cultural and fun. Um, and now we have millions of engaged, loyal Snapchatters who subscribe to our Sports Center on Snapchat show that Rob probably have no idea that Sports Center on Linear even exists, uh, which is the crazy, amazing, incredible thing about what we're doing with some of these partners, right? Uh, we have taken a, a very well-known brand and recreated it on Snap. So we have a number of those kinds of examples. Um, and that was really the second phase of sports. Like how do we get um, partners producing content across the platform? And then the third one that we were just kind of talking about is I think one of our biggest differentiators as a platform is our camera, right? We open to the camera, you open Snapchat, it's the first thing you do. So you're incentivized to create or consume content using the camera. Um, and, you know, we are, we were, we were born as an ephemeral messaging platform, right? Through, through visual communication, pictures and video. Um, so that's at the, the core of what we do. Um, so being able to think through with our partners on top of the content piece, which I think, you know, most other peers have in some shape or form, we can add this, I believe extremely differentiated element of camera, camera tools and camera innovation, um, where we can take your brand and allow a user to wear every NFL helmet. Uh, for the NFL draft back in April, the first virtual draft ever, we did a really cool execution with, uh, with the league where um, you could dress yourself in all 32 teams, 
pretend you were the number one pick and wear the, the iconic cap and shirt that most of the players get when they actually go there live. And one of the really cool innovations we did this time around, we have this uh, desktop integration called Snap Camera, where on a call like this, on Zoom calls where all of us are now living and doing our meetings every day, um, you could wear the Snapchat lenses as yourself nice. too. So just a really fun way to integrate um, our lens technology, uh, our library of stuff that we were doing in a world now where people are engaging like this nonstop and allow them to add that kind of fun uh, element on top of their, their day-to-day call. So those are the types of things we've been trying to do more and more. And I think during these past, you know, seven, eight, nine months, um, it's become imperative for all of these partners and leagues to find new ways to reach audiences. Um, and we believe that, you know, we, we can help do that in a really significant way. I love all of that. And especially the reimagining sports center part, because that's something that I didn't realize, but it makes so much sense when you say, Oh, is sports center dying is like, well, it might be dying on linear, but how about we create these other platforms where it's not. So let's put our forward thinking hats on for a second, because you said something that is a gigantic part of me and my company and where I'm seeing growth and I'm landing a lot of clients in helping them create shows because I really believe right now we need to be more engaging. We need to be more authentic. And the best way that you can do that is to allow your brand heartbeat to shine by allowing someone to see you and hear you and feel you. So can you talk a little bit more about the opportunity that is there? And even if it's outside of Snapchat, more open-endedly to someone who's listening to this right now or watching this about creating a show because there's such an opportunity to extend the brand more than just buy what I'm selling, buy what I'm selling because everything's a commodity. Now you can buy anything from anywhere at any time. So what is going to make me look forward to hearing back from you again, or to choose you over somebody else. And you know what it really is? the connection and how do you build that connection by creating a show? So a lot of the companies out there need to find a partner like us to say, how do we build a show? I want to do it. I'm a thought leader. We know what we're talking about. We just don't know how to execute it. And we don't have the vision because we can see things possible for them that they don't even know are possible. Yeah, no, it's a great point that you bring up. Um, And I think it's a really important question that everyone is asking themselves right now, like how, how do we help um, people tell their story? And that, that's really like my, the, the overall kind of theme of my response is we're in a very unique time period where I think storytelling is super, super important. Um, you know, when we were in the midst of the middle of the pandemic and there were no sports on, right? Like for months, there was nothing on. Um, how do you engage an audience, a sports audience on, on Snap or anywhere else with no live sports. And one of the things we started thinking through was, um, you know, all of us stuck at home. How are people working out? Uh, let's hit up some of the athletes that we work with that are big on Snapchat and see if they want to do a story about how they're staying in shape. Uh, and guess what, Rob, it's very similar how you and I stay in shape, right? You know, uh, using stuff on their house, doing pushups on the, uh, using the couch, whatever it might be. Right. Um, and we did all these stories that to your, to your point that you mentioned could resonate with people. And, and people could answer them and say, wait, that person is very similar to me right now. Um, and all of us were sort of in, in, in a similar bucket where there was not much else you could do. You just had to figure it out. Um, so 
those are the types of things that we've tried to do during this time period, find those compelling stories. Like we try and call ourselves the eyes of the world. You know, the last thing you want to be is the 10th place that you watch the same LeBron dunking highlight. That's not compelling. That's not differentiated. That's not unique. Um, how do we tell the story behind these players? How do we tell the story behind these teams? Uh, how do we tell, you know, the, the narratives that, uh, will will again convert someone who doesn't know anything about the sport or anything about the team to come to our platform. Um, and that's really our goal. And I think you know one of the things we've done um, to this kind of the second part of your question of, of, of what does this mean to create a show and why should someone come to us? Um, you know, we from an early, early days started with vertical video, right? You know, we thought that it didn't make any sense that when you do everything in your phone like this, when you watch a video, you go like that, right? What was the point? Um, so from day one, we were pushing vertical video and most of our partners and brands were kind of, well, we do everything horizontal for everybody else. Um, soon thereafter, everyone else converted to vertical, right? So we kind of led the industry from that standpoint of thinking about vertical as kind of the way to go. Uh, and by the way, from a user standpoint, uh, the easiest way to consume is, is, is doing how you, how you use your phone for every other thing that you do. Um, I think this, the second thing is again, we are understanding our audience and 90% of our audience is under the age of 24, Rob. So the intention span we talked about earlier, they're not you and I, you know, like, who can just sit and watch things for a long period of time. Um, really giving uh, feedback around what works on Snap, right? Shorter form, three to five minutes, super highly engaging and compelling, fast paced, um, split graphics, right? In some cases hosted really well, in some cases you don't need hosts. So like finding that uh, our partner's voice in the platform is super important and we want it to feel very authentic. You know, I think the one that we've done from day one is be that authentic, no pressure platform. You come to Snap to be yourself, right? Because of the ephemerality on the messaging side, um, there is no feedback loop. There are no likes, there are no comments. So by definition, you are allowed to be you. On other platforms, you have all those feedback loops, right? So unfortunately, whether you like it or not, we post this podcast somewhere and we get a lot of negative feedback, we may not do it again. Um, but on Snap, it goes away and it's just your, and it's just your friends and all the communication is one-on-one. So because of that ephemeral nature and the one-on-one uh, nature of our application, we just see so much more genuine creation. Um, of people who, who they really are. We, we always like show some, some funny side-by-sides of uh, athletes on Snap versus other platforms. On Snap, they're using our funny and goofy lenses and filters playing with their family. Other platforms, it's super curated and filtered. And, you know, it's what they want the world to, th- to think who they are. With Snap, it's who they actually are. Um, so that's really the key for, for Snapchat in terms of content, in terms of shows. It's really just being authentic um, and, and sending that message to, I think, a highly engaged young audience that is, you know, earning and wanting to, to see who you really are. And you'll find that it's different from the people that follow you elsewhere. And I'll get you out on this question and, and you sort of address some of these things. So I know a lot of people were on Snapchat and then they say, well, what is the difference between this and Instagram stories? And you've mentioned numerous times, how good you guys are at nailing the younger demographic in so much of the marketing Twitter or the sports Twitter, the the thought leaders out there in terms of where should you be building your brands and how you're doing it. And so often people are like, you don't need to be everywhere, but should you be everywhere and where should you be? And 
What are your thoughts around the value in a brand being on Snapchat? And does it mean they need to be targeting an under 24-year-old demographic? Or what is the opportunity for open-endedly? Because the thing that drew me to Snapchat to begin with is I'm a creator. I love creative tools. I love lenses. I love to be different. I love to have fun. So for me, it very much spoke my language. But of course, there's also the are you speaking to the correct demographic and are they speaking back to you in terms of an engagement side of things? So I know a lot of people are sitting there saying, Rob, it's great, but I don't know if I should be on Snapchat anymore because so many more people seem like they've moved over to somewhere else. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think it's actually a common misconception. And we've done a, a ton of studies. Um, we recently did one with the app Annie where we showed the unduplicated reach of Snap versus other platforms. And probably unsurprisingly to you, it's a whole different type of audience. So folks posting the same thing on Snap versus Twitter or Instagram or anywhere else are going to see a whole host of people that they reach on Snap that they don't reach on those other platforms. So number one, I think that there's a common, uh, everyone's on the same platform. So if I get them on one, I don't get them on the other. It's totally different. Um, so I would never say to somebody like, don't go have a presence somewhere else. They should, if they can do it in a really strong, effective way. There's a lot of strengths there. But for our platform, um, it's really hitting that younger audience, right? We, we really own that younger slice of the pie. And I think people are surprised um, to, to see how, you know, how, how valuable that is to have that, that younger piece um, as part of their overall portfolio. So that, that's really what we would tell all of our partners. Um, they should have a presence in other places as long as they're doing it in the way that uh, makes the most sense for those platforms. But if they want to reach that young fan um, where they are, they have to be on Snapchat. Um, that that's where they're spending most of their time. So uh, that's kind of the 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 same kind of conversation we have with an athlete, with a team, with a league or a broadcaster. Uh, they come to Snap for the same reason. Absolutely love that, and I really enjoyed this conversation because I loved hearing your mindset about how you guys are doing partnerships and being forward thinking with engagement and creativity and content because you nailed it. Storytelling is going to be the thing that separates the brands who do from the brands who don't because everybody can just post anywhere on any platform the same content, but what we want is to be felt and we want to engage and we want to be um, feeling some sort of way about the companies that we like because that's what actually grows the brands so where can everybody connect with you? Yeah, you know, I think LinkedIn's probably best uh, from the professional standpoint. Um, but yeah, Rob, I really enjoyed this as well. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. Uh, this is fun. You're welcome. And as always, I would love to hear from you about this episode. There was so much goodness there from are you a golfer or, or, are you more, or are you more likely to golf? Where are you at on storytelling? Is 2021 going to be the year that you launch a YouTube video series or something on Snapchat or your own podcast? I would love to hear from you. You can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy. And if you enjoyed this conversation, I would like to open an invite for you to be in conversation with me about how I can help you tell stories better and make that vision you have become a reality.